Hi, it's Mina Kimes, host of the ESPN Daily Podcast. Wake up to the best story you'll hear all day. 20 minutes a day, five days a week, where you get an inside look at the most interesting stories at ESPN, as told by the top reporters and insiders on the planet. The breaking news of Sports Center with a deep dive storytelling of 30 for 30. Today's episode is one I thought you'd especially like. Please listen and subscribe to ESPN Daily wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Brady under center, gives it to Gray. He runs it left. He runs it to the end zone for the fourth time. Touchdown, Patriots! That's the sound of an unknown running back becoming an overnight sensation. Jonas Gray burst onto the scene with the New England Patriots five years ago with his 200-yard, four-touchdown performance on Sunday Night Football. And then, as quickly as he arrived, he was gone. Today, what really happened with one of the NFL's biggest one-hit wonders. I'm Mina Kimes. It's Thursday, November 14th. This is ESPN Daily, presented by Indeed. Liz, when I saw the headline on this story and that you were writing about Jonas Gray, my reaction was, oh yeah, that guy. Like, whatever happened to him? Yeah, he's one of those names in sports that make people's ears perk up. Liz Merrill is a senior writer for ESPN. So we're doing a package on one-hit wonders, and the editors thought who would be better to sort of headline this but Jonas Gray's story. It's been about five years since his breakout game. It was November 16th. 2014, what happened on that day? New England had gone through one of those Septembers in which everyone had written them off. You know, they'd lost at Miami in the opening game, and then they went to Kansas City and just got clobbered. And in true Patriots form, they rattle off five wins, and they're back to their dominating selves. Tom Brady leads his Patriots into town to take on Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday night football. Al Michaels, Chris This game was a Sunday night football game, and it was a highly anticipated game because it was a rematch of that year's AFC Divisional Round game. But tonight, it's Andrew Luck against Tom Brady. Get your calculators out. This should be really fun. Two rested teams both come off by weeks. This and is- then... There's this kid named Jonas Gray who's about to make a start. Back to the ground. This is Jonas Gray. Gray to the 30-yard line. You know, it's amazing what New England... Nobody knew who he was except for people in the very inner circles of New England. And he'd actually had a really impressive training camp. And Belichick had told him, you know, you're so close to making the roster. But... They didn't activate him until mid-October when Stephen Ridley tore his ACL. This guy, he wasn't even a a regular starter at Notre Dame. He was on the practice squad until three weeks ago. So his mom and his brother drove about 300 miles from where they lived outside of Detroit to see the game. Jonas, at the time, was living in like a one-bedroom apartment in this modest area outside of Boston. I mean, very bare bones. And the only tickets he could really score his family were in the nosebleed seats. They're watching the game. There's all this anticipation. 
There's nerves. Edelman slot right with LaFell. Give to Gray. Runs it between guard and center right. He pushes to the end zone. And Jonas Gray has a touchdown for the Patriots. He scores his first touchdown, and his mom is like, okay, I'll clap. I'm, pr- I'm pretty excited. This is so awesome. But she's kind of cool about it and cash. And then, you know, he scores again, and then when he scores his third touchdown. Oh, I give to Gray. Lowers the shoulders, running it right. Good in goal. for a touchdown. His third of the evening. She drops to her knees in, like, complete, you know, amazement and just so overwhelmed that, you know, her kid is finally getting a chance. And then Jonas Gray makes history by erupting for 201 yards and four touchdowns. Waiting under center, gives it to Gray. He runs it left. He runs it for the fourth time. Touchdown, Patriots. Bullies in the schoolyard can't stop it. So Jonas Gray erupts. He has this once-in-a-lifetime performance. How does he react after the game? His reaction was pretty wide-eyed. I mean, I think that's one of the things that made the story so endearing is because he was just like, holy cow, here's Gronk, like, celebrating with me. Here's Tom Brady headbutting me. (laughs) All the stuff that you see in the movies, really. You know that saying, you know, act like you've been there. I mean, he did act like he'd been there, but inside he was completely awash you know, and all of the surprise and the joy. And there was sort of that moment where Michelle Tafoya talks to him. You know, they have the traditional interview with, like, the star of the game. Thank you. Let's turn to Jonas Gray. Yeah, a guy who, if you didn't hear his name before, you're going to be hearing it a lot. We heard it many times tonight. And he's really nervous. I mean, here's a guy who graduated with a degree in English, and he did stand-up comedy in college. So, you know, he knew his way around a microphone. But... He didn't know what he was going to say. Four touchdowns, the first four of your NFL career on this stage. How do you explain this performance? I'm just blessed, man. Blessed beyond belief. Um, we put it, we put together a great game plan. They hammered it in all week. He watched this for so long, just like he watched Tom Brady and Gronk and company and Julian Edelman on TV. It was just one of those things where he just couldn't believe all this was happening to him. I'm one of those guys, man, I'll probably go home tonight and we get back around 4 a.m. I'll probably just lay in bed, look up in the ceiling, and just, just be just astonished, man, at what's going on. It's uh, just writing a great story, man. These guys are helping me. So this was a big feel-good story at the time. How big did it get? It got pretty big. Sports Illustrated put him on the cover of their next magazine, this giant picture of him kind of rumbling his way through this gauntlet of fallen Colts defenders. And the headline said, Jonas Gray, because of course. A guy named Jonas Gray. Who? Jonas Gray. He went for 199 and four touchdowns. Meanwhile, the it was such an unlikely scenario. He was the buzz of the NFL. He was probably, up to that point, the feel-good story of the season. What else made this a uh, feel-good story? Well, so he was the classic underdog. He went to Notre Dame, but he found himself buried on the death chart for his first three years. His career up to that point was pretty much a disappointment. Senior year, he finally came into his own. He had touchdowns in eight straight games. But on senior day, he tore his ACL, his MCL, and his LCL. Everything pretty much was an L. They think he has a torn ACL. 
unfortunate, unfortunate diagnosis on senior day for Jonas Gray. Oh, oh man, and we just there were pretty legitimate hopes of seeing that NFL dream come true and getting drafted. And then, you know, on senior day against Boston College, this happens. And he had that backstory. You know, he seems genuinely appreciative of what had happened to him and, and knew sort of how important that moment was. And I think that's why he just had this instant popularity and likability. Being an undrafted player, practice squad guy, bouncing on rosters, you know, you're, you're not making a lot of money. It's a difficult life in the NFL. But then Jonas Gray has this breakout moment. What do you think he thought would happen for his career? I think everybody from his agent to him to his family thought this is it. His career is going to explode. He's going to be a superstar. Jonas Gray, the new hero in New England. He was just named AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Is he here to stay? Should we? As you know, one thing that a lot of guys who are sort of fringe players talk about in the NFL is getting that one opportunity to show what you can do. And from Gray's standpoint, you know, how could he do any more? Jonas told me that right after that, he was thinking, hey, if I have a great final six games or whatever, that I can make the Pro Bowl. Now think about that. Here's a guy who went from the practice squad to entertaining thoughts and dreams of making it to the Pro Bowl. That's how big of a breakthrough game that was. He was still, you know, committed to doing the work. It's not like he went off in some fantasy world. But, yeah, he went from a low to a great high. And it was just this incredible week of even bigger dreams. Nobody saw this coming except possibly, and this is not going to surprise anyone, uh, but Bill Belichick. (laughs) So, yes, Jonas Gray came out of nowhere, but in this particular game, his role was part of a strategy. What was that? Well, he's the master of plucking some player out of obscurity and putting them in a scenario that completely is tailor-made to one team's weaknesses. He's the master of these game plans. I doubt that he thought in training camp that summer in 2014 that, oh, I'm going to save this guy, you know, for this Colts <laughs> game. But you oh, never wouldn't know. put it past. <laughs> I mean, I doubt you thought that far in advance, but yeah, you, you're right. You never know. Coming up, what opportunities Bill Belichick can give, Bill Belichick can also take away. So Jonas Gray has this unbelievable game. It's a big story. It's a feel-good story. Liz, what happens next? First, what happened was there was a Monday night football game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tennessee Titans. LeGarrette Blunt did not get the ball at all that night. And I am shocked. We have not seen LeGarrette Blunt at all tonight. It has been all Le'Veon Bell just for a snap. He walks off the field in frustration during the victory formation. And the Steelers wind up waving him. Less than 24 hours after reportedly walking off the field during the Steelers' win over the Titans, LeGarrette Blunt is looking for work. 
Bill Belichick knows he's a proven veteran running back. So on Thursday of that week, they acquire LeGarrette Blunt. Now, most people would think, okay, you've got two power backs. One of these guys is redundant. And Jonas Gray seemingly would be because he's the new guy. He's doing everything he's supposed to do. He, he wants so badly to play that week and play well against the Detroit Lions. That's his hometown team. He loved Barry Sanders. That's why he became a running back. So Thursday night, he's watching game film, gets pretty tired, and he plugs in his phone and falls asleep. What he doesn't know is that the charger isn't plugged in all the way. I've had this situation happen to me before where you set your alarm on your cell phone. That's what we all do now. And the phone is dead and it doesn't wake you up. And there's like this terrifying moment where it's light out, your phone doesn't work, and you find a clock and it's way later than what you thought it would be. So here's this kid who's just coming off this gigantic game. He finally gets his chance and he's gotten up an hour after practice started. So he's freaking out as expected anyone would be. And there's like this horrible couple of minutes until his phone actually is charged enough where he can turn it on. And he sees all these texts, you know, from Patriots people. Vince Wilfork texted him and said, are you okay? Everyone thought maybe either someone took advantage of him because he's like this new star, or maybe he drank too much the night before. So unfortunately for Jonas Gray, not only is he late, but he's late for a Bill Belichick meeting. What was Belichick's reaction to him being late? So there's this great scene where Jonas goes in that night to talk to him and try to state his case, you know, basically that he did his job that night, but his cell phone didn't. And he finds Belichick in the weight room and he's multitasking. He's walking on the treadmill, reading notes and carrying on a conversation with Jonas all at the same time. And all he keeps saying to Jonas is, we just can't have that. We just can't have that repeatedly. You know, here's this kid who's obviously, his whole world is like unfolding in front of him. And to Belichick, I mean, look, and probably for a lot of these coaches, Jonas Gray is like a widget, right? I mean, he's just another cog in this giant machine. But he's obviously clearly pretty upset. And, you know, Belichick tells him basically there's going to be repercussions. I don't know what they are. And Jonas Gray goes home and the Detroit game comes along and he doesn't play it down. I'm glad we got the team win. I think it would have stung more if I didn't play and we would have lost the game. But, you know, I'm happy for these guys. Um, you know, I, was, I would just wish I was able to contribute to the win, but, you know, I was glad that we came away with the victory and these guys played great. Can you confirm that it was a, a disciplinary? I can't confirm or deny. Just uh, moving on. I'm glad we got the victory. Everything goes even more south from there. I mean, his playing time is just very limited for the rest of the season. He wasn't on the active roster for four of the last nine games. He was a healthy scratch for the Super Bowl. Just as quickly as he became a star, as quickly as his star rose, it crashed to the ground. So the season ends. The 
Patriots, unfortunately, win a Super Bowl against my beloved Seattle Seahawks, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but Jonas, he sticks around. He stays on the roster. What what happens to him after the season? Jonas Gray is still hopeful. He works hard. He has what seems like a pretty good training camp. He's thinking, okay, here we go. It's It's a new year, and clean slate, and, you know, in September, he gets caught. You know, he goes to Miami, gets caught in a numbers game there, doesn't make it. He goes to Jacksonville, and I think, like, shortly right after that, he was injured again, and that was it. If he had charged his phone and woken up that day, the course of his career would have taken a different path? That's a very interesting question, you know. I mean, I, I here's what I think. I think if he had charged his phone and was Garrett Blunt was not available, yeah, he could still be he could still be banging around the league for sure. It's really interesting though how every player is just like one break away from getting an opportunity, but they're also one misstep away from everything ending. He told me he thinks if that hadn't happened, he'd still be playing, but it wouldn't be with the Patriots because they couldn't afford to pay him. And he's serious. I mean, he, he has that much confidence in his abilities. So Jonas is 29 years old now. What's he up to? He has three kids and he lives in the Boston area again, he has a job working for an energy company there. So by day, he has a real job. And at night and on the weekends, he trains in the hopes of getting back into the NFL. He participated in a XFL workout this past summer and was not drafted last month in the XFL's draft. Um, there are other ways he can still get into the league, but everything is still, I mean, he's it's still in this limbo. It's like, am I a football player or have I gone on to the next stage in my life? And in his mind, he's still a football player. So that, that dream goes on. Why do you think stories about athletes who have these, you know, individual short-lived breakout performances and then disappear resonate so much with fans? I think it's because there's always the question of why. Why do they get that one moment on this big stage? And what causes it to go away? And how do they handle that? How can you just have one moment in the spotlight? And is that enough? Jonas Graves had this one thing happen that allowed him to be on the active roster. He had this one matchup where he was this king for a day. And then it was over. Thanks so much, Liz. Thank you, Mina. I'll be back in a moment with one more story. Now here's another story I want you to know. 
Today, we talked about a player who disappeared from the league after one big performance. But elsewhere in football, the biggest story this week is about a player who disappeared after playing at a high level for several seasons. Nine months ago, Colin Kaepernick settled with the NFL over accusations that the league colluded to keep him out because of his protests of racism and police brutality. Now he might, strong emphasis on might, finally get another shot at playing in the NFL. This is the league office and the commissioner stepping in to try to make sure that Colin Kaepernick, who turned 32 years old last week, has a chance to show to teams what he can't do, what he can do, his level of interest is in returning, how much he'd like to be back in football. So here's what we know about this. Nothing. Okay, that's not quite true. We know some details. We know that on Tuesday night, the NFL invited Kaepernick to work out this Saturday at the Falcons facility in Atlanta, and that they also invited all 32 teams, many of whom we've heard will be sending representatives. We know Kaepernick's camp reportedly asked the NFL to move the workout to a Tuesday so more teams could send real decision makers, but the request was reportedly denied. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, several executives were confused by the purpose of the NFL scheduling this in the first place. I think confused is the operative word here, given that we don't know what any of this means. We don't know why the league is doing it in such a haphazard fashion. We don't know what they hope to get out of it, given that the story had largely receded, or whether teams are serious about taking a look at the quarterback. And I strongly suspect that, unless he's signed, we won't know more after Saturday. Because if there's one thing I've learned from following Kaepernick's story over the last three years, it's that there's always a lot of noise and nothing is ever simple, except for the fact that he has yet to get a real shot at a job. I'm Mina Kimes, and this has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow.